As we continue our Word of the Week sermon series, you'll notice that today's word is predestination. Some of you heard I was preaching on this. You rolled your eyes and even implied it would be a good day to skip church. (laughs) But this idea indeed deserves our attention. A certain father, thinking that he knew all about predestination and wanting to believe in the doctrine of predestination, decided to try something on his late adolescent son. The father put out three objects in the dining room on the table in preparation for his son's arrival home from school. The first object was a stack of $20 bills. And the father says, this represents capitalism. If our son picks this up, he's going into business. The second object was a Bible. If he picks this up, he's going to be a man of the cloth. And the third object was a bottle of cheap whiskey. If he picks this up, he's going to be a drunkard. The father and his wife then hid where... They could see when their son came into the room, but could not be seen. And soon the son entered the room and examined each item briefly. And then the son looked around to make sure nobody was watching, that he was alone and not seeing anyone. He stuffed the money in his pocket. He put the Bible under his arm, and he walked out of the room, opening up the bottle of whiskey. The father looked at his wife and said, Can you believe it? Our son's going to be a lawyer. (laughs) Now, let me be very clear and let me be very quick to say that is a total misunderstanding of what predestination is about. A total misunderstanding. The father had it all wrong, and you know what? We often get it all wrong. For a long time, the word predestination and Presbyterian have gone together. This connection of these words, Presbyterian and predestination, goes all the way back to John Calvin, who's called the father of Presbyterianism. He was a theologian in the 16th century. Calvin wrote lots of things about predestination. And ever since then, this doctrine of predestination has been associated with Presbyterians and it's often been misunderstood. The doctrine of predestination is not about what happens in the daily unfolding of our lives. Predestination is not about not about something good happening or something bad happening, and therefore it must have been foreordained by God or part of God's will and part of God's plan. It would be absolutely wrong to think of predestination. For example, if the weather is good on the day of the picnic or not good on the day of the picnic or the traffic lights were perfect that allowed you to get to where you needed to go right on time or you found a great parking spot right close to the building or you didn't. We might like to think those things are predestined but I'm not sure God cares all that much about those little things. It would also be wrong 
to think it was predestined when someone finds a job or doesn't find a job or becomes ill or recovers from an illness or finds a wonderful partner in life or does not. None of that is really related to predestination. I think God does care about those things, and we certainly pray about all those things, but God's plans and predestination are much bigger and much broader than that. It would be wrong, wrong to think that some tragic event like a car accident or a mass shooting or a plane flying into a building or Delta's breakdown of their computers as it did this week, or the November elections are part of God's grand plan or in God's purposes. We sometimes like to think like that. And we have lots of people who cannot explain why certain things happen or don't happen, so they say it was part of God's plan. Predestined, that is not what predestination is about. God cares about the big things and the little things of life, and God is involved in all things in life. God is at work in all things in life, but it's not proper and it's not correct to attribute everything to predestination. You know what? Many factors contribute to the many things that happen in life, And in the world, God chooses not to dictate or control everything. According to Scripture, and particularly the Scriptures of this day, Ephesians 1 and Romans 8, predestination has to do with the question of who God is and what God wants with us and for us and what that means for our lives. Do you hear that? Predestination has to do with who God is and what God wants with us and for us and what that means for our lives. Ephesians 1, if you were listening to J.C. just a moment ago, says, Before the foundation of the world, God chose us to be holy and blameless before Him in love. God destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. With all wisdom and insight, He has made known to us the mystery of His will. In Christ we have obtained an inheritance, destined according to the purpose of Him who accomplishes all things. All of that is in those verses from Ephesians. That's a lot of words. And it can be hard to figure out what's being said in that first chapter of Ephesians. In fact, in Greek, it's one long run-on sentence. So it can get kind of confusing. But, But here is what it says, and here is what it means. God is for us. God is for you. God is for me. God is for us. God chose us before the foundation of the world was even formed God chose us. God destined us for life and fellowship with God. God is for us. That's the heart of the doctrine of predestination. Life is rooted in God. We're God's children, and that intends to frame everything. So how recently in your life 
Have you forgotten that? How badly today do you or your loved ones need to hear that? God is for us. God is for you. God is for us with a destiny and a hope and a purpose. We so easily forget it. How much do you and your loved ones need to hear that today? God is for you. God is for us. God gives us an inheritance, a destiny that intends to frame everything about our lives. Our second lesson affirms this very point. It's from Romans 8. Listen. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to God's purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This is the word of the Lord. Paul's letter to the Romans, the whole letter is about how God has turned toward God's people. Despite sins, despite separation, despite the mess of the world, despite setbacks and struggles and pain and suffering, God is working through all things. That's what Romans is about. God is for us. God gives us life And our lives are held forever by God. Nothing can separate us from God. We have a destiny. We have a hope. We have an internal fellowship. We have an inheritance. Therefore, this is what our lives are to be about. God is for us. Our lives are to be for God. That is the crux of the matter. That's the heart of predestination. Let me tell you another story. One day, two disciples, James and John, noticed that heaven was getting pretty crowded. There's a lot of people in here from everywhere, they said to each other. So these disciples of Jesus started talking among themselves, and they got suspicious about the other disciple, St. Peter, who's at the pearly gates, and they wondered if St. Peter was actually slacking off on his job as gatekeeper. They decided to go talk to him. When they confronted St. Peter, St. Peter said, no, I'm as strict as I've ever been. No murderers, no liars, no mean people. I'm not even going to let Democrats in here. (laughs) And then, just then, James and John noticed a line forming around the corner from the pearly gates and they decided to go investigate this long crowd of people around the corner and at the head of the line they found Jesus and he's giving a boost to everybody over the wall into heaven. That joke, friends, is a more appropriate understanding of predestination. Jesus is there giving a boost to everyone. Recall those words of Ephesians. God chose us before the world began, destined us as his children for adoption, gives us an inheritance, forgives our sins, 
and folds us into life with God. It's from the beginning. It's meant to be for now, and it holds forever. The crux of the matter of predestination. It's not about daily things, but about first things. First and foremost is God who loves us, who chooses us, who desires fellowship and life with us, who's working in everything for life and hope and peace, who does everything for our salvation. Predestination is not about where we're heading, but where we began. We begin, we began in the heart and in the love of God, and that affects everything. This is the good news of the gospel that intends to cover our lives, claim us every day. This is the good news of the gospel. God saves us, makes us his own forever, gives us a boost in all things. Too often we've gotten way off track thinking predestined had to do with which tie I was going to wear with this shirt today or what God is doing in some moment in our lives or in the world or whether something was ordained by God or not. Little stuff, big stuff. Predestination's not about that. It's about God being for you and for me. And once we realize that, our lives are for God. Changes everything. Too often we've gotten bogged down in various discussions about predestination or even double predestination. If God chooses some, then maybe God does not choose some others. And even John Calvin got a lot into this with the good news of the gospel revealed in Jesus Christ, with the good news that he preached every day in Geneva. Why was it that some people seemed indifferent to the news? They didn't even care. And Calvin's effort to write out a systematic theology that made sense, well, he then concluded that some people just must not be moved to discipleship. Therefore, some people just must not seem to be chosen to, by God. Therefore, God chooses some and God doesn't choose others. The idea of double predestination comes up. Some are chosen, some are not. Some people still prefer to think this way. I don't think it's helpful at all. Not helpful at all. Here's what makes sense to me. God chose us before the foundation of the world. In abounding love, abounding love, God offers Jesus for life and light for our lives and for the world. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that we would have life. God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself. That's the promise. Those are promises all through scripture. That's the promise. The news intended to give our lives a context an orientation, a focus for how we live. John Calvin wrote lots about predestination. So did Karl Barth, another Swiss theologian. Karl Barth wrote in the 20th century, Barth says that the promise of God's choosing us, the promise that God is for us, for you, for me, for all of us, the promise of predestination, that we belong to God forever, Well, that news is meant to be news that changes everything about our lives. When we know that news, everything's different. When we know that news, we live differently. So let's think about this. 
What news, what information matters to us such that when we know it, when we know it in our heads and in our hearts, when we know it in our minds and in our lives, we live differently. What news affects us that way? Well, there are many examples. When we know that we're loved, really loved, we can find our way better in the world. When we know we have a paycheck coming at the end of the week, we don't have to fret about so many things, and we can get by. When we know that we have support and care, real community around us, we can deal with many things. When we know that certain toxins cause harm to our body, we can live accordingly avoiding them, trying to, when we know that racism and violence destroy life, we can work tirelessly against it. When we know that when hardships come our way, and they always do, when we know that when hardships come our way and they don't have the last word because God does, well, then we can carry on. And we can live with faith and love and hope. See, certain pieces of news actually change the way we live. And this is what Karl Barth is saying about predestination. When we know certain things, we live differently. That is, uh, when we know that God is for us, that we've been chosen before the foundation of the world to be God's own. And God is at work in all things, and we have a future and a hope with God, well, then, then we can live differently. We live to love God, and we live to serve God. When we know that God is working through all things for a future and a hope, and nothing separates us from God's love, then we can live worshiping God and sharing God's love in the world. Predestination, our destiny, is with God. Jesus boosting us every step of the way that gives us a focus. It gives us an orientation, a context. We live with faith. We live with hope. We live with love. We live with courage. We live with compassion. We live with humility. We live with commitment. We live as God's people. Why? Because our lives are rooted in God, who chose us from the beginning of time to be God's very own. And nothing can separate us from that. And how? Well, then we live with compassion and purpose and hope. Seeking to share God's love with the world for justice, for peace. Life is short. You heard me say that? God is long. From the beginning of time to forever. God prevails, holds us. We want to participate with God in what God is doing because of that truth. That's predestination. I have a growing and sincere affection for Mary Oliver Poems. I recently bought two of her books. Her latest, newest book of poems is called Felicity. And there's a poem in this book called Roses. Listen to this. Wild roses, 
I said to them one morning, do you have all the answers? And if you do, would you tell me? The roses laughed softly. Forgive us, they said. But as you can see, we are just now entirely busy being roses. What if the news of our destiny with God, what if the truth and the promises of God choosing us before the foundation of the world, what if that covered us so greatly that we could be just entirely busy being God's loving, serving, worshiping people? That's what predestination is about. Giving us the great promise about life and purpose held at forever in God's arms and called always to work with and for God in the coming of God's promised reign for us and for the whole world. What if we could just be entirely busy about that? May it be so. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, we believe. Help our unbelief and move us to deeper faith and more loving connections following Jesus our Lord. Amen.